Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. Okay, class, up until now, you've been calling me Miss Smith, but I'm so excited to announce I'm getting married, and you're going to call me Mrs. Smith. We wouldn't count that sex ed. Possible to say that a teacher can come to school absent of any aspect of their identity. At this time of year, K-12 schools are actively preparing to finish up the year. In the case of Hollis Moore, a gifted education teacher in the Kirkwood School District, this is a period of getting ready to leave their job entirely. STLPR education reporter Kate Grumke covered this story recently, and she joins me today to talk about what she learned in that process. Kate, welcome, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Three educators have left Kirkwood recently, claiming they were discriminated against for their gender identity. Kate, what have they shared with you about why they left? So the educators told me that they felt that Kirkwood had made it impossible for them to be themselves in the district and also teach kids. So the three educators, I interviewed two of them. The third we were unable to interview, but they laid out their accusations against the district in a petition. And all three said that there were restrictions on how they were allowed to talk about their identities that made it impossible for them to be themselves in their job. And the people that you did speak with, one of them is Hollis Moore. Who else did you talk to? So Hollis Moore, I spoke with, who has been a gifted education teacher in the district for four years. I also spoke with Delilah Wild, who was a guidance counseling substitute and actually only worked in that position for two days before they heard a policy from the district that made them think that they needed to leave their position and were not safe being openly transgender in the district. And I believe that they had some things to share with you, um, you know, on a record. Uh, what was it that they said? Yeah, so both um, Hollis and Delilah talked to me about the difficulties that they had in how they were allowed to be themselves. So the district um, told them and told me that staff are allowed to use their titles and pronouns, but the district says that they're not allowed to explain what they said were sexual concepts that accompany them. And so both Delilah and Hollis talked to me about how that made them feel. Um, Here's what Delilah Wild had to say about that situation. No one's going to tell you the truth about who you are um, more honestly than a kid. And so, like, if a kid doesn't think you look like a girl, they're going to tell you. Like, they're not going to keep that in and be quiet. Like, they're, they they haven't, like, learned that, like, that might not be very respectful or whatever. And so, like, how am I supposed to address any of those things? Because, like, kids will just ask those questions out loud in front of an entire class. I have had students ask me very personal questions that were very inappropriate just out of nowhere. Um just randomly because like that's what was in their head. And I'm just like, this is not an appropriate thing to be asking me. Um, and that's just kids. Like they, they're still learning how to communicate those things. And if I can't talk about who I am, I can't communicate how to talk about those in an appropriate way. 
And both Wild and Moore talked to me about how kids have all kinds of questions, and sometimes they are about how someone presents, what someone's gender identity is. So for Wild, that made her feel like she wasn't really able to answer those questions, that she was worried about coming across as inappropriate or violating some sort of district policy. But Hollis Moore also spoke about the difficulty of this situation and just not knowing what was okay to say and what wasn't okay to say. And Moore said that it felt like there was kind of a double standard on what they were allowed to say compared to what their cisgender colleagues were allowed to say. We would not say that it is sexual education. We wouldn't say it's sex ed uh, for a child to pick up a a baby doll and say, I'm going to play the mommy today. We wouldn't say it's sex ed for a teacher to say, okay, class, up until now you've been calling me Miss Smith, but I'm so excited to announce I'm getting married and you're going to call me Mrs. Smith. We wouldn't count that sex ed. It's almost wild to think of that as sex ed to try to draw that line of what what would count because it's not possible to say that. It's not possible to say that a teacher can come to school absent of any aspect of their identity. It's almost too much to think about, I would say, to to think about how sexualized I must be, my, my, my person must be, if when people encounter the fact that I am trans, that that's what they're thinking about, that they think that that's what kids are thinking about, when the reality is not true. So Hollis Moore, whom we just heard from there, was with the Kirkwood School District for four years. For how long were they unable to talk about their gender identity at school? Um, And why is this all coming up now? So Moore said that the pushback to their identity started before they even started their position. And so they were actually spoken to um, by an administrator, they say, in the very beginning, who said that they were allowed to use their pronouns and title. They use the title mix, so mix more, um, but that they were not allowed to um, explain why that was their pronoun or title. They were supposed to say that it was their preference. And they also weren't allowed to correct people if they used the wrong title or the wrong pronouns. And so um, Moore kind of explained to me over time, the expectation shifted. So eventually Moore filed an internal discrimination complaint. Mm. And from that complaint, they were after that allowed to say that they are not binary, that they are not a boy or a girl. And they were allowed to do that for about a year. But then in February of this year, that's when the Kirkwood School District came to Moore and also spoke about this with with Delilah Wild about this policy that speaking about a gender identity was actually sex ed. And so they were not allowed to speak about their identity in depth like that. And it had to be left at title and pronouns. Mm -hmm. And what is the district's explanation for this policy? Yeah, so the district would not comment on specific personnel issues with me, um, but they did say that they comply with state law on sex education and with their board policy. So I'm going to read some of what they said to me. They said, we acknowledge and respect that a person's sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression are part of who they are. 
At the same time, gender diversity is an aspect of human sexuality. Discussion of and providing information regarding diverse gender identities is sex education. And so their policy kind of boils down to staff can use titles and pronouns, but they're not supposed to describe any of the, they said, sexual concepts that go along with that. Mm-hmm. And what you were describing as far as the the questions that kids will naturally ask, regardless of what age they are, um, I can see how that would make uh the situation very complicated, to say the least. You were at a recent Kirkwood school board meeting. What was the mood there, Kate, among parents and students in attendance? Yeah, so this school board meeting was packed with people who were wearing red to show their support for trans educators in the district. They were wearing Pioneer Red, Kirkwood Red. Um, And all of these people, everyone that spoke in person at the meeting spoke out in support of trans educators and trans rights in the district. Um, And I spoke with one parent of a student who is actually in McSmore's class. Um, This is Ashley Davis. And here's what she had to say about what the conversation was like with her son when he learned that his teacher would be using the title Mix. He didn't care that his teacher didn't use Miss or Mr. He could have cared less. The only slight issue was he has a very logical brain. His brain works in a very logical manner. And so hearing the pronoun they to him meant that it was going to be more than one. When I explained that that wasn't plural, that was just the pronoun they used. That was the end of that conversation. It's not them. It's not our children that have a problem with it. And what we're hearing from that parent, it it recalls what I heard when I spoke with trans kids who are much younger, I believe, you know, ages 9 and 11, um, not having a problem with it, that it's more about the adults. Kate, a U.S. Supreme Court decision in 2020 found that it's illegal to discriminate against transgender people. If that's the case at the federal level, then what's made what's happened in the Kirkwood district possible or permissible? Yeah, so that 2020 decision was an interpretation of the Civil Rights Act, and it said that LGBTQ people are protected because sex is one of the categories that you can't be discriminated against. And so they said that it applies because that's how it is. But the experts that I spoke to and advocates said that that just isn't enforced across the board evenly. And in a state like Missouri, there is not that protection in state discrimination law. So while it probably should be the case that that ruling from the Supreme Court applies, they said that the reality is that they many people don't feel like they have the avenues to report discrimination and kind of take advantage of that ruling. Um, and so I spoke with Michaela Joy Kramer, who is the executive director of Metro Trans Umbrella Group. And she here's what she had to say about how these workplace issues play out for trans people here in St. Louis. There, there are a lot of reasons that someone could be fired, but the, the lack of education or understanding um, or inclusion or empathy for the transgender community has created, um, I'll say, like, administration fatigue because, you know, we're having to advocate, and I'm having to advocate as a part of Metro Trans Umbrella Group to teach people cultural competency and, and humility and how to be inclusive, and we don't have these things in policies across organizations or across businesses, uh, and we need them, or else 
How can a trans person, an employee, feel the safety and comfort of knowing that they'll have job security, financial security, or even protections if they are to report things like sexual harassment or discrimination? Um, there aren't many avenues, nor is there much uh, trust in those avenues. And specific to sort of the workplace environment, Mix Hollis Moore was a teacher, is a teacher still, in the classroom working with students. Hollis was also, and at the very same time, an educator who's part of a larger workplace environment. Why is the latter point an important one to remember? I think it's important to know that schools are one of the main employers in the state of Missouri. So while schools are set up as a place to educate children, they're also workplaces, which means that some of the expectations around workplace norms are also in place for teachers. And I think we should note that Moore did go through an internal discrimination process with the Kirkwood School District, and that did result in them being able to describe their identity closer to the way that they um, felt was appropriate. But then that policy changed for them a few months ago. This can be a difficult thing to report on because policies can be different across every school district. And so I'm really curious um, as I continue to report on this issue to find out what are the policies like in other school districts? Are there trans educators in St. Louis that have had similar experiences in other school districts? Because I think that these same issues likely play out across the region. And so if people want to contact me, if they have experiences with this, my email is kgrumke at stlpr.org. I would love to hear from anyone who has an experience with this. Mm-hmm. And just to repeat that, that's k-g-r-u-m-k-e at stlpr.org. We're talking with St. Louis Public Radio reporter Kate Grumke about her reporting on allegations of anti-trans discrimination at Kirkwood School District and specific to teachers in that district. Hollis Moore told you that when they were looking for a teaching position four years ago, they were actively searching for a district they thought would be welcoming and supportive of their gender identity. Was Kirkwood hospitable circa 2017, 2018? And if so, what's your sense of what changed? I think it's hard to know the answer to that. So what Hollis was looking for were signs that a district might be welcoming. So Hollis said that there was um, kind of a mission statement about being welcoming, which I think the Kirkwood School District still has that kind of policy in place um, and still says that they support um, staff members who are um, are diverse in different ways. Um, Moore also said that they read um, articles from the student publication at the time um, Mm. to see if there was anything that they could kind of tell about treatment of, for example, LGBTQ students to see um, how that might play out for them. And so they said that they did think that Kirkwood was going to be a welcoming place. And it it seems like Moore um, kept that open mind for a really long time, even after filing that internal discrimination complaint. I think that Moore continued to see the place as a long-term district that they wanted to continue to work in. Mm-hmm. And so it really um, it took a lot for them to finally realize that they felt that they couldn't continue in the district and that especially this sex ed policy about how they were allowed to discuss their identity kind of pushed them over the edge. Mm-hmm. These teachers are also leaving the district at a very uncertain time for trans and non-binary people living in 
Missouri, and most prominently, there's the pending state rule to limit transgender care for both youth and adults. And you mentioned earlier that schools, you know, public education employs so many different people. This political backdrop in Missouri, it can't be ignored by anyone who is trans in the state. So this is definitely something that the educators are thinking about a lot. And Delilah Wild actually told me that she is between jobs right now and so doesn't have health insurance. And so as trans people in the state are trying to figure out where their care is going to come from if this rule does go into effect, Wild was navigating that without health insurance. So the political backdrop, they said, has been weighing heavily on them. And both teachers I spoke with, um, or both educators I spoke with, said that they're considering leaving Missouri. Um, Moore said that they do eventually want to return to teaching, but they likely want to do that in another state. My fire for education, that love for education, could not overcome that constant quenching that came from the fear of just all of it, all of the the concern of, am I hiding it enough? Is it hidden well enough? Is something going to be a problem tomorrow? Is someone going to misinterpret what I've said or say that I've said something else? Or how is this going to come across? I mean, I, it couldn't overcome it. Uh, I still very much want to teach that desire to create that classroom so that kids like me can feel that sense of belonging. That's like, so much still there. I so desperately still want to do it. I just don't think I can do it in the state of Missouri anymore. Um, the the culture in Missouri right now, the political culture in Missouri, uh, the the shift that's happening in Missouri right now, it feels like, is creating a place where it is becoming so much of a drain to be a trans professional, specifically in education. I, I think I'm, I'll be looking to move somewhere else and uh, return to teaching there. So that was Hollis Moore talking about how they're feeling about continuing teaching just in another state. So I think both Delilah and Hollis are very seriously considering leaving the state. We'll look forward to hearing more of your reporting around these and related issues. Kate Grumke is STLPR's education reporter. Thanks so much for talking with us today. Thanks for having me. This episode was produced by Emily Woodbury. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis.
Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.